Welcome to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast, a show dedicated to the storytelling that happens or should happen when practitioners purchase technology. Each episode is designed to inspire new ways and ideas to make your business better as we speak with the brightest minds in recruitment and HR tech. That's what we do. Here's your host, William Tincup. Ladies and gentlemen, this is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Use Case Podcast. Today we have Gareth on, we're going to be talking about his firm, Recce, and uh, I can't wait to kind of get into it. So uh, first of all, Gareth, do us a favor and introduce both yourself and introduce Recce. Thanks very much, William. Thanks for having me on. Um, so my name is Gareth Christian Lim. I'm the CEO and founder of Recce, and we are very much a voice-driven engagement platform um, whereby we, we like to automate uh, as much of the conversations between um, uh, candidates uh, and em- employees um, to ensure that they're getting a good candidate experience and they're, they're going through the process very quickly. So we, we like to build insight and build value from a, from a voice conversation, uh, an automated conversation. So when people think of voice-driven, um, different than conversational bots, um, uh, you know, on, on, on websites or even in the candidate experience, uh, what's, what's similar and what's dissimilar? Yeah, so I guess the, the best way to phrase it is if you look at a voice assistant versus a voice bot. So a voice mm-hmm. assistant is very much like Alexa or Google where you can ask it anything. Right. And it will go out and find the information and put it back for you. Whereas a voice bot is very much specific to a particular function. So it could be employee screening or a candidate screening. It could be data gathering. It could be, um, you know, a, a regen campaign. It could be anything related to what you want it to be. That makes sense. So when we say voice, we basically mean that by looking at the voice itself, we can understand more from what they're actually asking. So it's not just text-based. We can think more than a hold on you've got a maybe urgency in your voice or you've got sentiment, you know, the, the emotion in your voice would determine a different outcome to what actually you're saying, if that makes sense. So yeah, there's, there's the aspects to that. So questions and wayfinding, right? So if I'm a candidate, I can ask questions, but I also probably can be answering questions as well. I'm assuming that that could be a two-way street. Yeah. Um, and wayfinding, where am I at in the process, which is what most most candidates care, <laughs> care about is like, uh, yeah. you know, this has been fun up till now, but like, what's next? Um, uh, those are two uses I can uh, clearly kind of see. First of all, explain those if, the, if I have that correct. And then let's think of other ways that people, especially candidates, can use voice. Yeah. So I think yeah, you're right. So the two different cases there, you know, the problem is what's next in the process or where am I in the process? So asking questions back to automated system, typically they are quite linear responses. So you're, mm-hmm. there's a, it's a six-stage process, it's a two-stage process, or the next stage is speaking to a recruiter. So being able to present that information back to the candidate or employee, um, also potential employee, is, is paramount, right? And improves the experience. Um, but there's, you know, think about the whole process of, you know, from the very, very start of an application, you know, what is this job I'm applying for? Tell me more about the company. Mm-hmm. Um, is it, what's the vision of the company? What's the, the, I don't know, the economy footprint or the, you know, how green is the company, for example? There's so much that you can right. ask as a, from a candidate perspective on about the company before you even go through the process. Right. So it's very much not just the, the employer wanting to bring on a candidate. The candidate has to want to, to work for that company as well. So we very much believe that having this conversation piece because the candidate can ask lots of different questions about the company, about the role, 
um, and it needs to, you know, we're just trying to build up this conversation to ensure that they're getting the best experience. Um, but obviously, of course, if they said, what's the weather like, we, we wouldn't respond with the, with the right answer and say, right. sorry, we don't know, you know, but, um, but the, the reason the voice is because, you know, I always give this, this phrase and this analogy to sort of like, you know, unfortunately I was, um, I was let go through from my previous job because of COVID. Now, if I change the, the tone of the way I say it, I was let go, you know, or versus I was let go. Now I've said the exact same wording, but one was a higher pitch, a higher frequency, you know, it was, it was faster, which basically, you know, insinuates there's a bit more excitement. So there could be a positive aspect to being let go, or there could be a negative aspect to being let go. So, you know, that's why I believe it's not just about text-based chatbots. It's actually more that you can learn from how people speak and how people phrase themselves. Um, so that's why we see there's value in not just focusing on the wording, but also focusing on the voice and how they say it, which is quite key. I like that. So one of the things you, you said about the, on the wayfinding side, it's a linear, it's two-step, six-step process, et cetera. Do you, do you foresee uh, a time where we also add in timing? So we explain it's a six-step process. You know, you're, you know, you're here in the process, so that, that gives them a, a, a way of understanding where they are in a process, or no, a larger hiring process, but, but also like, you know, how long it'll get for them to get to the next stage or when people are going to be making decisions on who to then move to the next stage. Do you, do you want it to kind of get to that point where it's, it's linear, like it's still doing linear things. And I get that, but it's also giving them a better expectation of what's next. Yeah. So 100, 100% agree with that. The, I always call it the transparency of a process, mm-hmm. you know, it's only fair that a candidate knows what they're getting into. If they've got to go through, I think we um, knew someone very closely that um, they went through 14 different interviews for a role, right? right. Now, I don't know if you, if that was me and you were 14 different stages, I, I'm probably less inclined to go ahead with a role. Right. But at least I should have had the option to ask the question and know where I am in the process, how long it would take to go through that process. You know, it could be it's a three-month application process, but... I don't know, there may be some personal circumstance. I think it needs to be within a month, but I definitely see that being able to understand a process um, and, and looking at the transparency of that process, being able to recite the information back, I think is, is very important into the experience of what it's like to go through a process. And there's obviously, there is this um, sort of stigma around candidate experience and the whole the, the recruitment aspects and the onboarding piece and HR, et cetera. So I think it will just help improve this experience for everyone and i think that's quite key yeah well let's get to the other one because uh, it makes sense from a candidate because you can just talk yeah you know siri you know i have a series of questions battery of questions and again siri can then ask you questions you can understand the wayfinding uh and understand the expectations like i can see everything from a candidate perspective what what's the what's the benefit for the recruiter and or the hiring manager so again it's so we realize and this we, we did lots of extensive research that there's actually um it's, it's a bit the, the the employee management as such is is quite a laborious task whereby often the process they've got in place they they tend to forget or even lose a tracking of the, the employees going through so actually being able to say that well, this person's come on board they fit the criteria great they're now not a candidate they're now onboarding an employee and the process 
um, it is very much, it's different for everyone, but it's very much being able to ensure that during that onboarding process, the hiring manager doesn't have to worry that they're not, that they don't have to chase or, or they're collecting all the information they want. They want all the, the passport information that they're, they're being able to, to go through and know that a system is keeping in touch regularly to inform the, the, the future employee that this is the process and this is the expected date. So that at the end of it, they're going, right, fantastic. How was that for you? We've got all the information we need. And it ultimately, it's just saved so much time, you know, knowing that's been taken away. And you've got then the, 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 the insight into, right, They've gone through every stage. We can see all the information at every stage, and now we, we can place them quite quite effectively. Uh, and they're not just sat back chasing everyone. Does it does it create a trend? I mean, obviously, it creates kind of a, a wave file or an MP3. But uh, but does it create a transcription of of what was said? And and in and in either of those cases, does it get integrated into their ATS? Yes, yes, it does. So we we. Um, Depending on the time, we transcribe everything, we record everything, um, right. we report everything back. So we, we definitely take the approach of transparency first. So we basically tell everyone, so we tell the candidate and uh, candidate employer and employer uh, all the information we're, we're capturing. Um, so we present that back. Uh, and then, yes, depending on the systems you've got, we push that information back into your ATS or CRM and we basically tell and notify so that someone has gone through the process, someone's completed they're on to the next stage, et cetera. So again, it just all comes down to, for me, transparency. I love it. I love it. Okay, let's talk a little bit about demoing. And when you talk to practitioners, you know, obviously this is newish. I mean, I think they're just now getting to conversational bots and understanding how yeah. bots can help them automate through the system. So it's not too far from from what they're or what they're already being pitched and being uh, mm. being purchased, et cetera. But uh, tell me a little bit about you know, when you demo to practitioners, what do they say what, when they go through the experience and see what happens in the demo, both for candidates and for themselves? What are some of the things that kind of come up in conversations after they demo? I think that the phrase actually gets used a lot is, oh, I get it now. Because it's because it is quite new technology in this in this space. So it's not new tech in the world, but it's new tech right. in this industry. The, the education piece around what it actually does um, people, as soon as they see it, they understand it straight away and go, yeah, I love it. Great. I think that's, I think that's superb. Um, but what we're finding at the biggest aspect is they're actually trying to think, well, could it do this? Could it do that? And we're being sort of a nice way being pulled in different aspects of a, of a process that can, that can be solved. Um, but what we're finding is they, they already know their problems. Um, they know solutions that could fix it. Um, but they also then go, well, hold on, you can fix two or three problems in one go. Um, and actually what we're finding is the, the education around what voice can do and, and the automation piece. Um, that's really opening up their eyes as to the possibilities of technology, not just, okay, is it just another text-based automation that's going to push through to a CRM? You know, it's, there's a lot more there. Um, and that comes from the education piece, really. I love it. So does voice, in, I mean, you know, we would, we would like to say voice works everywhere, but for, for the early folks, does voice work better in certain industries or with certain types of candidates or certain types of roles? Have you seen anything in the data that says, Hey, right now we're getting a lot of traction and, you know, pick it in, pick any of those. Uh, does it works? Does it work better some places right now? Um, so if you asked me a year ago, I would have said 100%, you know, if you look at, um, you know, supply chain, 
um, delivery drivers, warehouse. Actually, they tend to, to prefer to do it over the phone. They literally pick up the phone. Healthcare was very much a text-based and WhatsApp-driven channel. Um, but in the last year, we've seen a massive shift whereby voice is now a preferred route. And we we started doing the research and doing surveys as why, what's the case? What's, it's not, it can't just be a, a pandemic which made everyone jump to now prefer voice. And ultimately it's the adoption of people like Alexa, Google, and most cars these days have a voice system in place. It's generally society of a voice adoption, um, which basically means that people are more susceptible and more accepting of talking to automated systems. And what they're finding now is irrespective of the role, they're actually happy to say, yeah, I'm going to talk to it. I'm going to speak as well. It's a lot quicker. It's a lot faster. So we went from 23% of voice adoption a year and a half ago. We're now 53%. So we've actually increased massively to people preferring the voice conversation. Uh, where we do find actually um, that there, there, there is a gap is uh, shift workers that are finishing their shift at three, four in the morning. Typically, they don't like to talk. <laughs> right. So they would, right. they would tend to jump on still the text-based channels. Um, but most of the other time is absolutely fine um, in, in the voice aspect. It's interesting. It would be interesting to do kind of a personality assessment of people that would rather ta- text or, or type versus people that would rather that would rather talk. Hmm. You know, yeah. like over the course of time, like what what's the what's the genetic code there? Like what's the DNA? Like I personally would much rather talk than text. Yeah. But uh, but then again, not everyone's you know, wired like I am. So well, that's true. But it's funny you say that because actually, you know, we it also could be a generational shift. You know, could I be. Think it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate to say that you know that we looked. There's a recent article where unemployment through under 25s has gone through the roof. So if you actually yeah. look at the number, the type of demographic of people that are applying for roles is very much a different generation that have adopted technology on a different level. And so they're more susceptible to talking to automated machines, you know. Yeah, because, um, but I mean, I prefer voice. I'm a tech lover. You know? Yeah. <laughs> well, I would hope so with the company that you have. <laughs> It'd be quite the conflict if you uh, if you preferred text. Um, so how do you? And again, you don't have to get into the details of pricing, but how do you? What's the model of pricing that you have? Yeah. So we um, we base it very much on a conversation piece. We believe that you know. It's not fair to charge people if they don't use it. Um, so, quite simply, you just tell us how many, what's your volume like? How many, how many interviews with your conversations do you want to have or predict you'll have? And then we basically charge on a per conversation basis. So, let's say you invited a thousand people to interview, but only ten people went through the process and confirmed. Then you're only going to charge, but you charge for ten people. You know, we don't believe in charging for a thousand. If that makes sense. Oh, totally makes sense. Um, questions that you've gotten from recruiters and hiring managers. So now you get you get woven into the workflow, uh, and the more you get woven into the workflow, the more they, more they want to work you into the workflow. So, uh, which is good. Yeah, I mean that's that's actually a sign of success. Um, what are some of the things that recruiters and the hiring managers are asking you to do with the product next? Um, so actually, just got the phone call with a, with a client now. They want us to analyze more um, hmm. the sentiment and intonation around a conversation. So it's not just about what they're writing down or they're, they're saying, it's how they feel, uh, what's their motive state, you know, the urgency, trying to learn more from this conversation. And then also looking at, um, you know, what does that 
what is that can what is that sort of candidate or in higher mind? What do they want to do? You know, um, try and learn more from a conversation, not just about specifics of a role. If that makes sense. Oh, totally. Tell us that. Yeah. So, so we're, what we're finding actually is because of the the remit around the voice, and the, the scope of what we can do. I mean, we can go into biometrics if we were, if we wanted to, because of we're capturing information. Now, we don't think the industry is ready for biometrics, but it would be, be great to have, you know, you've got the interview, you've got the understanding and the emotion, you've got the intonation analysis, and you've got the biometric at the end of it to validate. There's so much we've been, we've been thrown So, could it solve this problem? Well, yes. Um, but I think from our perspective, we've been very careful as to, do we want to solve that problem yet? Right. Um, and is, is this the way, the direction we want to go? So, so, you know, I think of things like vocabulary or word usage, I think of uh, of things like conciseness, you know, like I'm verbose, you know, like, does that work for me or against me? Uh, I also think of like language skill level. If I'm hiring for a you know call center position and the customers are going to be primarily, uh, you know, pick a country, uh, what's their skill level? Do you, yeah. do, are you looking at those things already? Uh, they're already baked in or is that something down future, you know, down the road? Yeah, we're looking. We're actually looking at um, from a from a, from an ed tech and training perspective. We're also looking at the proficiencies. So, yes. well, there's actually on the training aspect. There's two parts. There's interview training. Right. So, being able to based off the language someone uses and how they phrase their responses, whether or not there's a better way. You know, you can improve that and train them on their interviews, but also on a proficiency basis, their language and, skills. And what's and, the con- and you're talking about training. candidates, training candidates on uh yes on that, on that aspect, yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then but then you're thinking, you know, if you wanted to, if you're looking from a I say as you mentioned, a call center as an example, how to improve um you know how they speak to potential uh, clients, you know, from um you know not using any slang for example or phrasing of words or right. you know the accent or where it could be. It's basically making it or identifying um, improvements that have been made to send you to, to, to make things better and build the experience across the board. Um, so, it, yeah, that, I think from our perspective, I, I say this at the time, the problem we have is it's not so much what we can build, it's where do we build. Oh, yeah, sport, of course. We're a sport for choice. And I think there's so many cool tech aspects and plays that we can do to improve the industry with voice technology. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, they're trying to identify where we want to go. Right. So two, two things. One is, as you think about the training of candidates, so you, you basically have a widget and it allows them to go through a battery of here's, here's, you know, advice. You go through an mm-hmm. interview process and then it gives you feedback on how you did, etc. I mean, that could be generic, like job vital. Um, they created a, uh, a technology the it's basically a job description uh, mm. grader and it made it public for everyone even if you're not a job by customer you can just yeah. go and copy and paste your job description and it will come back and tell you uh things to improve etc uh so i could see kind of a candidate facing widget that basically mm. says hey we're going to take you through an interview and and then we're going to give you feedback based on the interview now yeah. it goes to no job it goes to no one else it's just for candidates like i can see that but one of the things i was thinking about as you as you were talking about that is recruiters and the hiring managers also need training yeah right so voice could play a role in their development as well 
So them having the ability of being on the other side, being on the, on the recruiter mm-hmm. side and then asking the questions and then getting feedback on the way that they ask questions. Hugely. Uh, right. I think you, you, you guys know this, there's, there's so much on both sides that we haven't, we, we haven't gone into that yet, but no. it's, it's on our roadmap definitely because you're exactly right. We need to look at both sides of the coin. You know, That's right. There's definitely ways that you can phrase certain questions to improve Oh yeah, uh, you know the, the interview process right on both sides. So, but we we even looked at we even toyed with you know real time, real time conversation helpers, for example. So as oh, you're cool. speaking, for example, we can immediately prompt you saying, "Ask this question next." Yeah, based stop off saying, their response. Yeah, s- yeah. Stop using the word um. Yeah. Yes, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. which is great. I mean, at this, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I curse like a sailor, so of course, you know, I, <laughs> my mind would come back. Please stop using the F word. But even things like you know, what I'm saying, even things like abbreviations, abbreviations are incredible. I mean, in the yeah. tech world, there's so many different abbreviations, and half the time, I go, I don't know what that meant. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what. What did yeah. you say? But in real time, if we can pick that and goes, this is actually what they meant in the context. Right. right. This is this is what the abbreviations translates to. Right. That's that's incredible. You know. Well, in the te- in the tech world in particular, especially if you're recruiting for tech talent, the talent's going to talk that way. You might not have the ability to keep up with what they're saying. Yes. So if it can if it can break that down and go, okay, they they you know they said Django. Okay, that's that's also what that what that also is tied to is this. So yeah. like connecting those things, uh, I think it's also important. La- last question for me is uh, clients that are asking you or talking to you a little bit more about diversity and inclusion. Yeah. Where where does voice play a part in 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 helping those things? So we, um, so what our approach was very simply, we wanted to give choice back to, um, you know, to, to, to either candidate or the employee. We basically said, look, while, rather than us tell you the channel you have to do this interview on, or you have to do this assessment on, you have to engage with, you tell us what suits you best. So we allow channel switching, we allow multiple channels to be done, time, day, location, doesn't matter. But where voice plays a part is, if they're like me, I'm horrendous at spelling. I think I did horrendously poor uh, English in school. Right. So actually speaking is more suitable for me and right. actually allows me to put my best foot forward, you know, and, but, but at the same time though, we flip, you know, if someone has, you know, unfortunate speech impediment or they, they struggle with language, they may prefer to do a text-based channel, but we offer our approach is very simply. We want to give as much choice to the person as possible to allow them to put their best foot forward. So that it's not, they're not then, you know, judged and there's no bias in that process and it's as much more diverse inclusive process. And, you know, we very much look at voice from point of view as well of it doesn't matter that accent, it doesn't matter what you, you know, uh, the phrasing. We we do our best to say, we told we don't we pull out the, the transcripts and present it back to them. This is what they've said. So again, it's trying to keep a standardized process across all the different channels. I love it. I love it, my friend. Listen, this was wonderful. Uh, and thank you so much for coming on the Use Case Podcast. In fact, yeah, thanks for having me. Thanks very much, William. Really, really enjoyed it. Absolutely. All right, and thanks for everyone listening to the Use Case Podcast. Until next time. You've been listening to Recruiting Daily's Use Case Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite platform and hit us up at recruitingdaily.com.